by Wayne Church used to have a great prison ministry. And it was uh, a halfway house close to the church. You know what that is? It's like halfway between, say, uh, you know, they're, they're sometimes prison and they're getting assimilated back to the world. They spend time in a halfway house. And there was a guy I got to know. I can't remember his name now. He was an older man, probably in his 50s back then, about 10 years ago. But we would sit, I sat, was sitting next to him one time, and he fell asleep in the middle of the service and started snoring really loud. <laughs> and the church is like really, really. It's like dead silent. It's like dead silent. So, so I, people were, I was like getting a little nervous, and I didn't know what to do. I just I was like bumping him. And anyway. That's all I wanted to say about that. Um, but, but it's good to see you all. Welcome. Uh, we're going to continue our series uh, tonight called Hardwired for Connection, where we're looking at um, basically, you know, it's kind of looking at how, how uh, we live in a, what's called a hyper-connected world, right? We, um, you, you know, when I was growing up, um, you know, we had the internet and we had different things, but um, a lot of the stuff was still done by mail, was still done by telephone, was still done. There were still a lot of times you had to wait for things and wait for conversations and wait for, for whatever. But uh, now things are, you know, communication and connection is an instant thing. And although um, it's, it's instant in, and it's, it's, it's more than ever, um, this idea of being able to connect to people instantaneously all over the world, um, even though it's increased in quantity, uh, people will say that it's really decreased human connectivity and quality. So we're looking at how does the story of God interact and intercede with the story of man as it relates to this idea of technology. And as, uh, you know, like I kind of said in our first talk, as God, as we, as we were in between uh, the Garden of Eden and this, in the city of God that we read in Revelation, um, we, we, we have these things called uh, resources and tools and technologies and smartphones and video games and shovels and bricks and carpet. And what are we supposed to do with this stuff called technology as, as, as human, humanity continues, uh, the story of humanity continues, how we, how we interact with these things that we do and have and build. And uh, we spent some time looking at, um, you know, what, what is it about our current technological age, the technological revolution that we're still in, uh, the, the revolution of hyperconnectivity, and what does that teach us about the longings of the human heart, right? What ancient longings has it, has it erupted again? And we talked about the longings that we have for uh, personal relationships, to be, to be face-to-face with people, about how that's kind of becoming a lost art, and how we're seeing the need to, to know people, flesh and blood, and not know them. Uh, with this intermediary called a phone or a computer or social media. We talked about how it's increased and, and shown us a longing for purpose and about how there have been so many hashtags that have, been, that have happened over the last 10 years that, that began as movements on social media. They didn't begin um, by speeches or um, a personal sacrifice. They begin by uh, this hashtag on Twitter and things like that. You know, the, the Black Lives Matter movement, the, um, the Me Too movement. Um, there's just so many things that, that have caught, caught fire due to social media. And now we're transitioning, we're looking at, now, now, now that it's kind of, what it's taught us about our longings of the human heart, now we're, we're going to look at what, what, is, what has been its price, right? What, what has it done to the human heart? And how has this thing that has promised hyperconnectivity actually led to, to, to disconnectivity? And, and last week we talked about, actually last two weeks, uh, we talked about how we were disconnected and distracted about how we're not just distracted mentally, but we're distracted in our hearts, right? We don't know what to give ourselves to. There's, there's so much available to us. There's so many things that are, that are competing for our affections, for our time, for our attention, that has created a displaced heart, 
longing for something to, to, to give itself to. And how we find that answer in Jesus, right? And tonight we're going to look at how we're disconnected and lonely, right? Uh, uh, many have coined this, 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 this uh, term that we live in, what's the most loneliest, you guys are the most loneliest generation that ever existed. Uh, the me generation or the I generation. And some of you may hear that and say, oh, I have lots of friends, I don't, I don't, I'm not lonely. But then maybe you're an exception to that. We probably know a lot of people who are lonely and alone. Um, you know, the number one cause, last time I checked for, for teenage death is suicide. Um, the um, majority of teenagers, 60% uh, of teenagers will say that they're, they spend nine hours a day in front of a screen. Um, and 4% and of that time is used uh, for educational purposes. So um, that's, a, that's, a big, that's a big number. Um, and, uh, um, and it may not be you, like I said, but those maybe are many of your peers. And this is the world that you're around and the world that you're growing up in. And, and it's important to, to understand loneliness, to, 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 to know what, what, is it, what is its place in our lives, and what does it mean to be lonely, and, and what does it mean to interact with lonely people, and what does it mean that, that, that Christ, the, the, the God of heaven and earth, came to the earth and he was lonely, right? He had no place to lay his head. He was, he was um, forsaken by his <laughs> friends at the end of his life. Um, we have a God that can empathize with us, in us with us in our loneliness. And also, too, that we're a lonely people, starved for God, and how Jesus has rescued us and brought us back into the family of God, that we went from isolated people to disconnected people from God to in Jesus connected people. So, so it's almost like there's a theology of connection and a theology of loneliness uh, that, that's all over the scriptures, and how God is curving back um, the, the epidem epidemic, Right? Isn't that what's called epidemic of loneliness? Um, so that's what we're talking about tonight. I, I basically did my whole talk. See you guys going home. That's what, I, that's what happens when I, when I don't print off my notes I have, and I forget like where I'm at. But anyway, so Genesis Wait, 3. Um, I just forget to. So I just, I'll just do this. Um, sometimes it's nice for me. I, I do a lot of note typing when I do these things. So it's nice for me to not be bound by notes and just kind of speak freely because this stuff is important. But I did, I did think of this. And uh, I want to read this to you guys. Um, and, I, and I do think, I, I've been doing a lot of reading on technology. I've been doing a lot of reading. So I'm actually doing something for your parents uh, uh, in, in April and May uh, on Sunday mornings. Uh, if you go to church here about a lot of this stuff, I'm taking it to your parents. So I'm reading a lot, learning a lot. But, but this is kind of my reflections on this topic of, of, of like, what are we going to do? Huh? <laughs> what are you guys going to do? Yeah, for ourselves. No, so I'm really excited. So I'm doing this new series. Oh, by then, what, what month is it? So we do an A term. I'll tell you more about it. Come on Sunday morning, you'll find out. Um, I, a new series called From Generation to Generation. So I'm, I'm bringing people into church and just to talk about their lives and their walks with Jesus and their struggles and their different things. So um, Emily and John Lane are going to be part of it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would love you guys to be part of it. So anyway, but I, but I had these were my reflections as I was like sitting thinking about this. The greatest and most fundamental human need is connection, where there where there is an unmovable sense of togetherness, right? That nothing can shake your togetherness with something else. That's what I mean by connection. I don't mean that you're shoulder to shoulder with somebody, or that you work with somebody, that you go to school with somebody, or that you're connected on social media. That there is this unwavering foundation that doesn't separate you. That's what I mean by connectedness. A sense of togetherness that is reflected and measured by an ever-deepening sense of safety, vulnerability, and empathy, right? That, that you feel safe with somebody, right? That you can say things to them 
about your struggles, about your difficulties, about what happens to you in life. And there's a sense that they're always going to be there for you, right? And it's, and it's mutual. It's not, just, it's not just something you consume, but something you contribute as well. Vulnerability, which is some of the similar things, that you, that you have a freedom to offer yourself, your true self to somebody, right? Most of us are just caricatures of our true selves to people. If we were truly our true selves to people and everybody we meet, we'd probably terrify people, right? If we were to let all of our thoughts be known, all of our hearts be known, it, it would scare people. And it would probably really scare us to verbalize these things. Um, but there's a sense of vulnerability with somebody, and there's a sense of empathy, right? That you listen to them, that you engage with them, that there's not just this relationship like I'm here to teach you things. But you can say to people, that sounds really sad, or that sounds really bad, or that sounds really hard, right? That there's a sense of connectedness and empathy, right? And that's what I mean by a sense of togetherness. Not that you play baseball together, not that you uh, grow up in the same neighborhood together, but you are, a, you are growing with somebody in this idea of safety, vulnerability, and empathy. This begins with connection to God, right? This is our connection with God. God is safe, right? We can be vulnerable to God. He knows us anyway. We can, be, we can let ourselves be known by Him. And He still loves us, saves us, and cares for us. Um, God is the great empathizer, right? You look at Jesus, he wept, he was with people, he sat with people, he let people interrupt him, right? He sat with the woman at the well, he healed the people who needed healing. This begins with our connection to God, which then finds itself moving inward in our connectedness with ourselves. There's a sense of I know myself, I know my desires, I know my temptations, I know my gifts, etc., talents, abilities, and as well as outward in our connectedness with others. Right? So, so the, our vertical relationship with God has a, has, a, has a direct relationship with how we relate to people. And that's why it says, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I can look at how you treat people and, and learn how you think about God. Right? It, it's a, our, 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 our face-to-face relationships will tell us a lot about how we view God and how we treat other people. Um, the result of our inability to connect which I believe is a product of the fall, not just because of, you know, we live in a digital world. This has been the, the true sense of, of the history of humanity. And sometimes outright refusal to connect, right? We don't even want to connect with people. Uh, to God and others has resulted in what people today call the loneliness epidemic. They call it, you guys, in our, our current day and age, the loneliest, um, like I said, era of human, human history. Which, you know, people say these, out, these crazy terms. I don't know if it's true or not, but I knew that people are lonely. Right? I've been lonely. You know, it's hard to connect with people. Our houses are getting further and further apart. Um, you know, tables at restaurants are getting further and further apart. Um, you know, if you if you pay any close attention, the only thing you you rarely see at restaurants are tables with seats more that seat more than four people, right? Um, most restaurants have two seaters actually, which really is just for a person and their computer. Anyway, in the age of hyperconnectedness. We find ourselves living in a prison of hyperloneliness, resulting in an ever-increasing experience of insecurity, self-protection, and isolation, which are the greatest enemies of what? Safety, vulnerability, and empathy. Right? Insecurity, self-protection, and isolation. Have you ever felt insecure? Have you ever felt self-protected? Have you ever felt isolated from others? Right? That, that's, that's, that's the sign that, that, that things are not as they should be. And that's a sign of disconnection and, and isolation. Right? So, so what do we do with this problem? Right? But there's this great fundamental need and this great lack. Um, I'm going to have to do a part two of this because I love this topic so much. So we'll just, we'll just do a part one and I'll do part two next time. I do love this topic. These, the, 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 the whole like disconnected that where we're at right now, I should have done this whole series on this. this how, we're, 
how should what is connection between people and what is disconnect and how we experience this connection. But I love this. So this is a video that some of you may have seen. It went viral a number of years ago about um, about um, a guy who uh, he goes. I think this is out in L.A. Um, and he just goes and like gives uh, money to homeless people and films them to kind of like help people empathize with, with homeless people. Just show them that like they just don't all go out and buy beer or or they're all mean or whatever. So he films himself and uh, giving money to homeless people to, to do this kind of stuff. And this is a, one that was really interesting and caught my attention. I'll show you guys. Hi. Hi. How are you? Don't don't worry. I'm just uh, I'm really sorry to start you, but I just wanted to give you this. There you go. Why not? I just wanted to help out. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. That's very nice of you. What's your name? Uh, my name is Kareem, and yours? Uh, Mark, God bless you. God no problem, man. You. Nice to meet you, Mark. Nice to meet you, too. Um, do you want to sit? Um, sit? Just, just for a minute? Yeah, okay, of course. Thanks. I got nothing to do. How you doing? I know. I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, I know it's just really hard. Do you have a minute? Can you just can you stay here for, for one minute? Yeah, it's just one minute. Yeah. Uh, um, but where, where are you going though? I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Just wait for one minute. Okay. Okay.
Okay, so I, I like that video because one, one of the things that it teaches us is it, it, it kind of is saying, what's the point of eating if you can't eat with somebody? Right? What's the point of, of, of having shelter if you get nobody to, to share it with? Right? Uh, it, it's kind of highlighting this, this idea that our, our, our greatest need is really is human connectivity. It's to be connected to God and to be connected to others in, 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 in such a way where we're with someone, right? And um, in the world that we live in today is an enemy of this kind of life, right? It, 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 is, it is isolating people. It is pulling people apart further and further and further um, by design, some, some people will even say. And, um, and um, yeah, uh, in the book that we're reading, um, the author says this, more fundamental than human life, than money, food, and shelter is human friendship. We are made to connect with other humans for true fellowship, all because we are made in the image of the triune God. Humans connect to other humans at so basic a level that when we disconnect, our souls shatter into a thousand little pieces. You know, I don't know what your theology is or what you think about who God is, but God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They exist in a perfect relationship with one another, glorifying, living in perfect harmony with one another. And, and God created man out of this reality, right? So God is a connected God. This is with a big separation between you know the God of the Bible and, 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 and the God of Islam, right? Is that is that God, the God of the Scriptures, is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? It's a Trinity. It's three and one, one and three, right? And and, and and there's something beautiful that we are created out of this perfect relationship. That relationship is so central to 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 to, to our lives. That connectivity, that that is so is so important that when we don't experience it, it really has a huge impact on our lives. He also says this, smartphones and social media were supposed to cure the epidemic of loneliness, right? Like I said, this isn't something new. Um, we would all be connected, all together, all the time, and none of us would ever feel alone. But the harsh, harsh truth is that we can always be lonely, even in a crowd, and now even more so in a digital crowd. And I really do think this is true, right? Um, there is, a, there is a promise, an unkept promise of, of the digital age, and that's that it would cure the epidemic of loneliness, that we'd be able to be connected with people at all times. And it's funny that we have, um, you know, um, how it's, it's actually drawn us further apart. And it's, and it's really strange, too. Like, if you think about, you know, maybe you have a phone, maybe you don't. But I remember when I'm, many times when I'm on my phone in a public place, it's to, it's to, it's to disconnect from people around me. Right? I don't want to be bothered. I want to be left alone. I don't want to be asked anything. I don't want people to ask me where I got my shoes from or what I do for a living or whatever it may be. So I use my phone to purposely isolate me. But then when I'm isolated by myself in my room, I pick up my phone and turn to Facebook to see what's going on. Right? There's this like weird relationship that I have with social media where I use it to disconnect from people. But when I'm disconnected, I look, I look to connect me to people. Right? And it's, and it's kind of a funny thing if you think about it. That 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 it, it's it's giving us cheap relationships. It's giving us cheap, um, cheap experiences, cheap connectivity. If that is our only method of connecting with people. So Genesis three is about a lot of things, um, but fundamentally, you know, I wanted to ask ask this passage the question: In the age of hyperconnectivity, why are we so lonely? Right? Why are people so lonely? Why are we so consumed with ourselves? With the digital world, with advancement, with the next best, best thing, with the information in an instant, where we forget the people around us, right? Why are we so lonely? 
And it's because we are isolated from God in our fear and because we isolate from others in our shame. And that's what all of Genesis 3 is about, right? And if you're not familiar with what's going on in Genesis 3, God creates a world and everything in it, and he places man right as the centerpiece of his creation. And he says, you may eat of any tree. You may do whatever you want, except eat this tree of the fruit of good and evil. And this thing called the serpent kind of slithers his way in there and, and, and tricks Adam and Eve and says, hey, if you eat this fruit of this tree, you will be like God, right? You will be gods yourself. Uh, don't listen to this God that says these things to you. He's not, he's lying. He's a liar. Don't listen to him. He said, listen to me and let's, let's, let's join together and overthrow God. And they're eating the fruit of the tree. There's nothing inherently wrong with eating apples or figs or whatever they ate, right? Uh, but what they did was they disobeyed God's command. They disobeyed his voice. And so much so is that they tried to overthrow God and thought that this is the way to do it. And when that happened, they, were, they hid themselves, right? They were, they were scared to death because God told them, if you eat this fruit of this tree, you will surely die. And they did it. So they ran from God because they were afraid of death. And uh, we see here, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. And listen, y'all, this is a story not just about Adam and Eve, but it's a story of us. We, we don't just accidentally hide from God. We purposefully run from God because we're afraid of Him. We don't know Him. We don't know that He's a God of love, a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God of truth, a God who's for us. We think that God's going to kill us, right? We think that God's going to... You know, you know, not give us good things if we don't read our Bible every day. We think that God's not going to get us into a good college if we don't study hard, right? We're so consumed with ourselves and so consumed with building our own worlds and so consumed with being like God that we run from God, just like Adam and Eve. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, right, God pursues Adam and Eve in their isolation, which is a really, really wonderful thing. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, right? Because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Adam and Eve ran from God because they were afraid of God. They didn't know who he truly was. They didn't trust him. They were afraid. And we do the same thing. Adam and Eve chose to sin against God, which resulted in their choosing to further isolate themselves from God in fear of the consequences of their sin. The tragedy of the fall isn't just that Adam and Eve sought to become greater than God, but also that they ran from Him, right? If, if they should have ran to Him in repentance for help, say, God, I made a mistake, but instead they run from God. And humanity, and we have been running ever since, Adam and Eve isolated themselves from God. And the same is true for us. We find ourselves so lonely because we have lost fellowship with God who is the life source of our connectedness with others, right? In God is, is, is the connection of the Trinity. We have, we have separated ourselves from Him. Um, what does that do thing? When I was in a, I was young. I don't know how young I was. Probably like 10 years old or something. My brother and I were playing outside, and uh, I tried to think of what, where in my life have I ran because I was scared to death. My brother took my head. We were playing in the snow, and he like pushed my head in the snow and like wouldn't let me get up. And finally, I got up. And I was shorter than him, right? We're three years apart. I don't know how much taller I was, but all I remember is I came up and just like gave him the swift uppercut to the head, like right in the face. Yeah. Like, boom! Like I just, I just gave him, this, I just gave him this great uppercut, and then I realized what I, what I had done. And I just started running. 
Like I literally just ran down the street and I didn't know where I was running to, but I was so afraid, I was so scared that he was just gonna kick my butt that I just ran, 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 ran. And that was, that was the greatest thing in my own life that I could think of about what it means to run in fear, right? And, 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 and what happened was, it could have been an hour later, it could have been five minutes later, I don't remember, but I came home and my brother forgave me. He didn't hit me back, he didn't call me a jerk, he didn't tell on me, he just said, he didn't say anything, right? And I was struck by the grace of my brother in that moment. Because he could have hit me, but like, he could have beat me up, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not nice to just swiftly uppercut your, your siblings. And he had every right to hit me back in the face. But he, but he relented from his anger, right? And, and, and that's what was wrong with the fall. It's not just that Adam and Eve uppercutted God, so to speak. And that they, but it's that they ran from God, right? When they should have ran to God in forgiveness and repentance and hope and trust to make things right. Now my question to you guys as we close out, and we'll do part two ne- next week, is how do you hide from God? How do you run from God? In what ways are you running? What ways are you, are you intentionally isolating from God? Who is the life source of everything? Of joy, of peace, of kindness, of goodness, of self-control, of gentleness? of grace, of mercy, of love, of care? How are you running from God? What does that look like in your life? Some of us run to God and run to social media to to, to fill the gaps of silence in our life because we're so afraid to think about who we are, how God has made us. We're so afraid to think about our insecurities instead of taking God and trusting Him that, that you are beautifully and wonderfully made. What's keeping me busy? Because, because there's nothing wrong with phones, there's nothing wrong with video games, there's nothing wrong with Netflix, but so many of us use the technologies of our day to hide from God. And God's calling out to you, where are you? Why are you hiding from me? Why are you hiding behind the fig leaf of your phone? I can see you, right? Why are you hiding behind this false sense of popularity in school? I can see you. You're hurting. Come to me, all who are weary, heavy laden, I'll be God is calling out to us in Jesus for us to come out from our fig leaves and into his presence to be forgiven to be known. Right? This is, this is the beginning of connectivity. This is the beginning of what I said earlier, of, of, a, of a deep sense of togetherness built on safety, empathy, and vulnerability. That's who we have in Jesus. We have a friend in Jesus, unlike any friend that you will ever meet. No friend would go across for you. I can guarantee you that. I love my friends. I probably wouldn't die for them. Right? I've got kids. I don't know. I probably wouldn't. <laughs> it's hard to say. Uh, I'll just I'll, I'll I'll let you know that if that ever happens, right? But it's a hard decision, right? It's a really hard decision. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, and you, the sin. And this is eternal life, the life before the fall. And, and what will happen after death. True life. That you know God, right? And next week we'll look at how this impacts our isolation from others. So I'll pray for us. And, and as you walk away from here, yeah, I, I would take some time to pray and to seek God and, and ask Him, what are, what are the ways that you're hiding, right? And, and, and what are some ways that God may be inviting you into His presence to know Him more fully and to walk with Him more intimately? Let's pray. Father,
Uh, thank you for your word. Thank you um, for this topic. Thank you that you are a God who calls out to us in our isolation from you. That doesn't just let us be, let us be isolated, that let us be lonely, but who calls us back. And um, God, we just like it. We're, we're no different than Adam and Eve. We try to become our own gods. We try to build our own egos. We try to build our own fame. God, we, we bend our hearts to you. We live your story, not our own. We run to you and all that we do. In Christ's name, amen. Go ahead and stand and we'll, we'll finish our time together with the song. My leg is like...